I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We're recording. Hey, sinners, I'm Shannon. And I'm Sean. And this is Sinful Cuts. How are you doing this week, Sean? I'm doing good. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing good. It's, I uh, fall is around the corner. Yeah, I. Uh, so, sinners, so we're based in uh, we're based on Long Island in New York, and even though it's the beginning of September, it still feels like the eighth or ninth circle of hell. Yeah. <laughs> Ninth it. Well, yeah, maybe maybe light. It, it, yeah, and it teeters back and forth because last night I was freezing wearing a coat. So. Mornings and and evenings, you get that delicious crispness that I know is coming, but the days are still super hot, super super hot. So, uh, Shannon and I are counting down to when we can wear our horror hoodies mm-hmm. and our Freddy sweaters, and I just I honestly can't wait. I just can't wait. I know. I'm, I'm ready. So excited for Pumpkins, Halloween. Pumpkins, apples, full colors. I'm ready for it. This Halloween is going to be something special. Mm-hmm. And even though this is going to sound so damn corny, it's because of this podcast. Because we're doing this podcast now, this will be our first Halloween while podcasting. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's got me so excited. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna take. Um, it's going to make looking at uh, a second glance at these movies maybe even that much more special, I guess. Especially I when so. we're in the season. We're going to have to figure out, as we get closer to Halloween, we're going to have to figure out like our special Halloween um, episode. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea. We'll, we'll I have figure an it. idea. Oh, yeah. do, do, do you want to... Oh, <laughs> Sinner, she's... Then this, I'm like in this with you. I have no idea what it is. Oh, that's very exciting. Mm-hmm. That's very exciting. You okay. will get, we'll get there. Okay, so we've got a couple of weeks to go, but um, uh, as always, we just want to thank you for listening. We're having a blast with this. We hope really you are, are too. Thank you. Um, as always, please listen, rate and review. Uh, even if it's not a great review, we'd still love to hear it. <laughs> yeah, because we need to learn. Only help to uh, to make us better, unless it's something like about my height, because I stand <laughs> too shit about that. All right. <laughs> so as far as um, as far as what we're currently uh, watching and reading and into this week, uh, I 
only watched, um, I watched Scarecrows from 1988. Okay. Um, just because I, I, I want to give proper credit. I'm f- fairly certain it was Fangor, uh, uh, Bloody Disgusting. They had mentioned, um, you know, they do like a, uh, you know, what to watch this week, or, you know, if you're into this, take a look at this. It was fun. You know, it was a fun little yeah. movie from 1988. At that time, if I had seen it um, on cable or on VHS at the time, I would have gotten a real big kick out of it at that age. So it was a little nostalgic. The practical work was great. Um, the Scarecrows look scary as hell. And uh, it was just a fun, quick watch. So it still holds up. It does. I, I love when movies still hold up. It's God. great. There's just that, there's that, um, that that special place in my mind and in my heart of hitting Blockbuster Video, and I definitely remember picking up the box to Scarecrow because they had the Scarecrow on mm-hmm. it, the practice, you know, like that good special effects makeup, and I never pulled the trigger and rented it, but I love, I just, I absolutely love movies like that where you can, you picture yourself holding the box, and it just brings back those memories. I had that this week with, um, with the Blob. The um, uh, Kevin Dillon version. So, oh my god, I can't believe you brought up the blob. I didn't watch it yet. Oh, okay, me neither. I didn't watch it yet. Me neither. We're definitely doing an episode on that. We have to. You can, you know what, because I was was selfish and I I wrapped my dirty little paws around um, Halloween 3. So you can have the blob. Okay. Fair. Okay. All right, fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually researching that right now for my own Instagram account because it's... Um, so they came out in 1958 and 1988. So they are literally 30 years apart. So now they have their anniversaries this year. Um, can't do math right now, so... <laughs> I will... Uh, I'll leave a little spoiler uh, for our sinners. I brought a date to the blob and... <laughs> That was the second date, and there was not a third date <laughs> after that. After that, which just showed me that she was not the girl for me. She was not the one. All right, it so. worked. It worked out in the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I sadly have a lot of those stories. Turns out that young women didn't want to go to horror movies <laughs> in the late eighties, early nineties. Uh, all right. That's all right. They're lost. I learned my lesson the hard way, like most things. So that's, uh, as far as movies go, I did not really have a lot of time to, to um, you know, uh, get into it. Uh, there There's some good stuff, though, on streaming. Um, I just wanted to give a little yeah. shout out to Screenbox right now. Oh, I did watch uh, RoboDoc, the oh, cool. RoboCop documentary. Okay, cool. They're doing episodes right now. I watched the first one, and it's so good. Absolutely, check it out. Ooh, okay. Um, the second one, that I think that hopefully they have coming out this week, and that's going to be uh, centered around like the villains, like Ray Wise and Kurtwood Smith, and and that gang from the movie. So I really can't wait for that. So, uh, RoboDoc on Screenbox, definitely worth your time. They just dropped Starry Eyes, um, which was uh, uh, directed by uh, Kevin Kolch and um, Dennis uh, Widmeyer, and they had off of Starry Eyes, they had actually garnered enough like heat and uh they got the pet cemetery remake based off of that okay gotcha i still have not seen that i will uh i'll give it a go one when when the time is right yeah i saw i saw it in the in the theater okay and you know what maybe we'll we'll eventually get around to a pet cemetery episode i think we we most certainly will yeah so we'll save it for that okay but uh starry eyes is a really really good tight you know independent just 
very well done uh, movie. Uh, Alex Esso is, is the lead in that. She's a great actor. Uh, she's part of Mike Flanagan's crew. Okay. So she pops up in a lot of his stuff, but she's it, she really carries the movie. It's f- phenomenal. Uh, then you got Ty West, uh, The Innkeepers, is on uh, Screenbox. And then the Hatchet series, which I get a kick out of, Adam Green's... Uh, They're fun. Hatchet <laughs> movies. They are. It's just like, how insane can this kill get? <laughs> and and they, they go for it. Once they I go- feel like we've reached the apex... <laughs> and how, how do I top the last... Yeah, there... <laughs> Adam Green is constantly going, hold my beer. Yeah. And then one that I have a little uh, a special uh, place for is this movie called Dead Girl, which is... Um, it's... Uh, I don't really want to get into the movie. The less said about it, the better. It it, it you it will capture your attention. But my special place for this movie is it's co-directed by a guy that I went to NYU with. That's exciting. Gotti Harrell. Oh, Gotti, I hope I'm getting your last name right. He uh, he was in the um, dorm next to to me at Weinstein Hall at NYU uh, back in the day, and um, back then uh, he was an absolute sweetheart. And had such great sense of humor. He used to wear this t-shirt that said Body by Gotti. And I just got the biggest <laughs> kick out of that. Because Gotti weighed about That is a conversation pounds. starter. Yes. That's a conversation starter and a half if I ever heard one. <laughs> so, and what breaks my heart though is that here you had two knuckleheads that were literally living next to each other. And we never once talked horror movies. You know? Just, ah. it, it, it just never, never happened. But anyway, Dead Girl is on Screenbox. And Gotti, I hope you're out there doing you know great things. Uh, so, that, yeah, that, that's it. Um, as far as books that I uh, am, am reading, uh, this, this is going to be like a, a test to see if my wife actually listens to the podcast. Because <laughs> I went on a little bit of a tear. And... Jen is always like, can you not just go to the library and get a book out? And I'm like, no, I must, I must own it. I must feel it and it must be mine. It's a problem, but it's a problem that, that I fully endorse. So I bought, um, uh, Ellen Datlow's, uh, Screams from the Dark anthology of, um, monster horror. Oh, okay. I never heard of that. Really good authors. You've got Joe Lansdale in there. Um, you've got, uh, Nathan... Ballingrud, uh, just like really, really good, tight, uh, creature centric, monster centric short stories. So quick reads. I like to like bang one out before going to sleep, so I get good fresh nightmares. When your husband isn't giving me nightmares, yeah, Maddie, yeah, dude, <laughs> talking to you. Yeah, we're gonna talk later. Now, <laughs> scaring the living shit out of me with his Instagram posts. Well done, though. They're great. Um, and then uh, I bought uh, Philip. Fracassi is gothic, and I'm just about to also buy his um, Boys in the Valley, which just came out, and Erica T. Worth. Uh, I listened to Fearmongers, which is Clay McLeod Chapman's podcast, and um, Erica T. Worth read a, a snippet from the novel, and it was so friggin' good Ooh, okay. that I went out and I bought the book. Nice. So can't wait to read White Horse, which is gathering a lot of buzz right now. Um, so by all means, please go out and buy it. Look, I've got no beef against Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Uh, I, you know, the, a lot of my things I'm looking at right now in my basement were from there. But if you can go out and support local booksellers, um, local bookstores, they'll love you for it. So that's my little soapbox moment. And I'll shut yeah, my app. That's okay. <laughs> so that's all I got for, for my current stuff. 
Yeah, I didn't really watch too much stuff. I went through... Um, the only thing I actually watched recently, and again, for research um, purposes, anniversary-wise, was Jeepers Creepers 2. And I, I see that? I went back to watch that. I, I, I get... Because so, a lot of people have an issue with that movie. I get those issues. Well, because the director, right? Uh, well, that's one thing, is the director. the, the di- When you listen to, like, break it down and you listen to the dialogue... <gasps> I did see it. It's like... It's, it's, it's the, um, uh, the, the, the football team. Yeah. On the bus. Yes. But, I saw that in the movie But here. the creature is... Yeah, those practical he effects was, are insane. He was freaking scary. So, uh, to me, that part of it, it still holds up. It was still a fun movie, to, even to rewatch. Like, I like, just, literally just watched it, like, just this past week. And I'm like, I, I still enjoyed it. No, you know what? I, I'm going to I'm gonna back you up on this. Enjoyed that movie when I saw it in the theater. It's a, a, a also a great Ray Wise... Um, uh, performance yeah he plays the dad no you know damn it i i did like that movie yeah it, it's yeah i get i get the whatever i get that yeah the ick factor yeah, i of do the director I, and all yeah, that yeah it's, it's it's and that's a serious thing I, I i totally get it but uh shannon we talk about this damn near every episode that we come against the wall of holy cow now i have to separate the art from the artist yeah um it's just kind of weird that we're on our sixth episode, and I think we've mentioned it three times. But it's just look, that's it's it's challenging, and you know, look, I'm not going to tell you how to feel, but mm-hmm. you have to. You you, you get, know you get to the point where you 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 support the art, you don't support the artist. Look, Rosemary's Baby is one of my favorite horror films films of all time. Yeah, but I have to separate the art from agree. the artist because mm-hmm. if I don't. I can't touch that. Yeah. You know? I don't necessarily know that I'm racing out to go see a Mel Gibson movie right now. I still am working my way through the art and the artist with that. But I love but Apocalypto. You, I was going to say, you can't deny certain works yeah. from the past. You yeah. know? Yeah. So anyway, we're, we're constantly challenged with this, as are you, you know, as a viewer. But we get it. Look, we, you know, we're all on the, the same page here. Yeah. We, Not we, blind we take to it, it case by case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not blind to it. But Not blind to it. Good. Well said. Yeah. So what are we talking about today? Halloween H2O. It's 1998 in a remote California town at a secluded private school. We could have a Halloween party just the four of us. We could have a roaming orgy. The way this man thinks. No booze, no drugs, no kidding. One teacher is living in fear. I'm not who you think I am. I changed my name when I wanted to hide. That's terrible. Take off your clothes. My brother killed my sister. <laughs> How'd he do that? With a really big kitchen knife. That's enough. I can't take it, Mom. He's dead. It's been 20 years. What's he waiting for, huh? Don't you think he would have shown up by now? This is a sick joke. (laughs) Now. Come on! The face of good and the face of evil will meet one last time. But this time, it's going to be a fight to the finish. This summer, 
terror won't be taking a vacation. Halloween H2O. It's Halloween. I guess everyone is entitled to one good scare. I've had my share. So you could tell from the tone of my voice. So if that was reversed, it would have sounded like Halloween H2O. <laughs> I, <laughs> because uh, so we already had this discussion when we knew we were going to do this episode. So I'm a huge fan, um, and I'll get into all the nitty gritty and uh, you know obviously. I don't sh- begrudge you that. No, I not. don't begrudge you that. I just okay. You know what? We'll get we'll, we're, get, we'll we're, get into it. We're just we're gonna start. You'll you'll get it. I don't know. Either you're with me or you're with Sean. We'll 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 find out. But this this is gonna be an interesting one. All right. So Halloween H two O. Okay. So here is the. Should I start with the description? You know what? How about I go into. How about okay? Let me let me go into my perspective on it so let me start there okay so obviously it was one of many 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 fans that grew up with with halloween and michael myers and and uh some people will go far back and say he was the original slasher you know he he, um friday the 13th was created because of the original halloween and you know and i feel like everything else kind of ensued i i always felt he was just an interesting person, especially when you go back to the original and just how simple that movie was and effective. And the fact that just a shadow from across the street was utterly terrifying yeah. to me, like utterly terrifying. And just him walking across the street with Laurie not getting, you know, like, so just scenes like that, you know, it's still, you watch it and you still, I still get the chills. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but okay, uh, Freddie, Jason, Michael. Mm hmm. Give me your order. Who, uh, of how I, uh, how I saw them? Uh, no, you're F. Mary Kill. No, you're... you're <laughs> no, like... Because I'm like, I don't remember. <laughs> you're... Who... Um, who's the, the top? G- give me the, the breakdown. I always saw... I, I mean, I, I always went back to Michael Myers. Always. Hey. Always. Because th- what was different about him... And these are the earlier movies. They... I. Granted, as it went on, it but <laughs> got very interesting. Uh, but these, the newer ones, mm, yeah, very mm. different opinion. But we'll again, we might have to save those. If we if we do get into that, we may in have this to, episode. We're gonna part two it. Yeah, we're, we're gonna have to. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll we'll, I'll definitely go on forever for, about that. But you know, history aside, I'll try to stick with just the the film. But to to answer your question, one thing I always liked about Michael that always made him stand out is uh, again the fact that he was like a glimmer and he was a shape and there's uh many scenes especially i believe it was the fourth movie where they're like stuck in the house uh after all the kids disappear from trick-or-treating so there's a glimmer where um i think it's a sheriff that's that's there like waiting for you know whatever to happen and he's in the rocking chair and there is a door in the background you assume it's a closet slightly ajar i'm telling you you see a glimmer of his face and then three seconds later it's gone it's so he had that kind of factor yeah. where it was he was very sneaky he was very uh, just I don't know there was there was something like just more creepy about him um I and then again they they tried explaining that and it definitely got ridiculous again I'm not going to go too deep into that um actually uh, the only thing I'll mention with that is 
uh, going back into the topic at hand, which is H2O, they actually decided to, uh, they did consider this at the time a fresh start. Which yeah. has been, happened a lot of times throughout, so it's a, it's a very confusing history. But but they literally took this as a sequel from part two. Yes, yeah, right. They just decided to skip all that in between. Um, I think they were going to try to mention Daniel Harris's character Kevin Williamson and throw it in there a little bit. And fame, he wrote a treatment for it, which mm-hmm. is online. You can check out the treatment. Yeah, um, it's, just, it's it's like seven eight pages. Uh, he did incorporate uh, a part where student gets up and talks about the Halloween murders Mm -hmm. so it encapsulates four, five, and six. Okay. And then it's a very quick scene and they acknowledge it. Daniel Harris has been murdered through that uh, presentation that yep. she gives, and then yep. and then that's it. So they yep. they did wrap it up, but they didn't put it in H two O because they felt like it was just and it is it so have, damn confusing. And it might not have worked. It because I, I think they were going to try to throw it in a dialogue somewhere, and it's possible that it just didn't work. Which yeah. is and if it's and you know what, if that's what you felt, I I I think I think I thought it was fine the way the way the movie was was shot from. Uh, the way the way it, uh, the the final layout of it, you know, again, do are there issues? Sure, I'll get into that. I support you when you're Michael in the in the the taking the gold. Yes, I feel like Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Uh, they they just, created like this vessel where you could put all of your fears into. Yeah, and it worked beautifully. It really did. You know, and it's still effective. Yeah, you go back and watch again. You go back and watch the original. It's still effective. I, and it was one of the main reasons why I appreciated this movie because, like I said, at the time when it was coming out, I was so freaking excited. And sure. I ended up, I ended up seeing it in the theaters with a friend of mine who wasn't really into like the horror thing. And but she was like, "Yeah, let's a night out. Let's uh, scowls like go to the movies or whatever." So I'm just drowning in this in the nostalgia that I was you know before my face and she's just like oh this is cool but she just I knew she didn't appreciate it but I just remember like explaining like no no you don't understand like this is, you know like oh this but this is from that and that's from this and this is from this and, and this is that that scene and this is like a cut from that scene and, and ah, like I was I was definitely like ah, like something was in my popcorn that day <laughs> so that was my experience okay and you know so and, and I've always uh, held on to that love and also keep in mind at the time we did not know of oh nobody knew nobody was supposed to know but we did not know about resurrection contracted in that we, nobody knew that sneaky sneaky it was sneaky uh, sneaky. uh i must call her laurie stroh <laughs> jamie lee curtis um obviously knew that um and uh, yeah, the, yeah. I think Mustafa Akkad knew that, and, and that that resulted in that they, you know, they read the ending in the script to keep it the way it was, you know, because Mustafa Akkad basically said like, no, he can never die. Well, I feel like that's why they didn't go with Kevin Williamson's treatment because at the end of the treatment, mm-hmm. Michael gets bisected by a helicopter blade. Yeah, he also had two helicopter scenes in his treatment, as well as a bus chase. And Mustafa Akkad was probably like, "This is going to be so much money. Are you insane?" Yeah, you know, <laughs> they kept the format of Williamson's treatment. It's almost identical, right? But they took a lot of those set pieces out. They kept the smaller ones, the guardhouse sequences with LL Cool J. You know, they kept a lot of the cat and mouse aspect of it, which. I think works and they took those huge set pieces out which um would have been so expensive for a halloween movie yeah you know so anyway yeah um 
by all means, please continue. So the, so before I get further into it, so let me go into the, um, the summary. So, cool. all right. So Lori Strode, now the dean of a Northern California private school uh, with an assumed name, must battle the shape one last time as the yeah. life of her own, <laughs> as the life of her own son hangs in the balance. Um, so that's pretty much the, the, the gist. I, um, so she she's uh, probably went into the witness protection program because you know she's she's been attacked twice. Yeah. At this time, she still very much had um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, PTSD. Oh Thank you. <laughs> I think I was trying to say it like the whole thing. I'm like, no, too many too many words. <laughs> too many words for me. But yeah, but she she definitely still held on to the trauma, um, which was which was still very relevant. She, you know, she was technically seeing him in certain spots, and yeah. you could tell she she did her own uh, like working probably through therapy that you would assume that she went through um uh you know, like she would close her eyes and breathe for a second um which i loved because when he is actually there and it doesn't work that he doesn't go away right away no, she, she, she tries again it's like wait a second why why is he still there and that then is absolutely that i loved that scene so much so um and i and i and honestly i liked the I liked where it was. I know, so, so, uh, at least maybe today's world, some people were had voiced their upset over the fact that it was like in, in Northern California as opposed to, uh, you know, suburban Illinois. That's yeah, but Illinois. That's just like, I but don't but get it, those beefs. But that doesn't make any sense. If she is on the run from uh, her brother, or just why would trying she stay? to, why would she stay in the same environment? Like yeah. it's especially in that neighborhood that uh that uh, that haunted her i would literally look at the the house and, and pass by the house every single day and go into a full-blown panic attack every day you need she needed to remove herself from, from the environment she needed to remove that you know so and but it still made it very interesting because once a place is abandoned it, you know like i loved how they they wrote in that there was a school trip yes and so once everybody is gone it becomes a haunted house again. Oh my! It's it, and, and then it's dark and it, like now it's it's a, it's a whole other playground that's at this a, point. And it's, my, it's the Nostromo. I mean, it's, yes. it is just empty, empty corridors, echoing hallways. I love the setting of this movie because nothing is scarier than an abandoned building. Yeah, you know, I'm abandoned house is scary enough, but then when you have the like the the you take those scares and they're exponentially larger now because it's just those darkened hallways i yeah. think it worked very effectively it's, yeah so I, I i loved the setting i i i so again that's just another plus for me that i absolutely loved about this movie um the oh, oh and i actually actually wrote this in my notes what are you got? cold open <laughs> Exclamation points because we all know Sean loves oh, a that's Sean funny, loves a cold because open. I have it written in my notes. <laughs> I see your notes and I raised you. Damn you! So I guess Damn you. Damn you, Bushman! So you wanted to talk about Nancy Stevens returning as her as the nurse Marion. It's my favorite part of the movie, which does it's make sense too. Part of the movie. That she would be the one to be one of the very few people that knew where Laurie Strode went. This was and had kiss. and had files, yeah. and he, and he would know, to, like so it just, so it does make sense in case because I feel like I've heard that too sometimes. You got like, me. How no, the hell? The, how the hell did he know to go there? And it's like, well, did you, 
Did you see the beginning? See if, look, and if, do if you we remember start getting into is? the weeds with how does Michael know how to drive a car and, and, you know, just all the stuff that people like to nitpick about, you gotta let it go. Yeah, you do have to let it go. Sinners. Sorry. We hear you, but you gotta let it go. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, or else we don't have a movie. <laughs> this made more sense than him knowing how to drive a car. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Cold open, this cold open, it almost, almost tips me over the barrel into a like for H2O. Okay. And I could, I may get there. Okay, I was going I may get there someday. <laughs> there are a lot of things that I do, uh, that I love about this movie. I think what holds me back is, um, and I'm going to be one of those nitpicking we'll get, asses we'll, that I just I'll get, I'll about. get into the negatives, for sure. Like, Because, again, yeah. I'm not I'm not blind to those. So, wait, let's talk about the but, cold open, though, because... But, yeah, but I, I do love the cold open. It, 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 to me, it was set up perfectly, where, you know, like, she clearly, you know... Um, Nancy Stevens' character, Marion, you know, realizes that somebody broke into her house. She runs to the neighbor, uh, the neighbor's house to help out. Um, you know, they steal some beers, whatever. But she does all the smart things. She does. She doesn't look through the house herself. She goes to the neighbors and, is, and she's like, fuck this. <laughs> I, and not only did it make sense as a viewer, but then, because you're like, that's what I would do. But it made sense for the character, too. Because I always liked her character, you I, know? Yeah, I always liked the character. She was the one that, because um, it wasn't very prominent as far as family wise goes in the in the first one. It was the second one, and she was the one that revealed. Oh my God, Laurie Strode is Michael Myers' sister. She mm-hmm. was adopted. So yeah. they, so that reveal became in the second one. So she was the one that dropped that knowledge. So it, it just, um, I don't know. I, I I found it more fitting that she technically was not really the cause of him finding her again, but it, I mean if. She had those files. I, I don't. I, I probably would have burned those. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, but, yeah. But but again, like you said, like we wouldn't have a movie. We yeah. That's um. So here we have Steve Miner, the director, who's definitely taking a page from Kevin Williamson, and rightfully so, because sinners remember I said that you know uh, Kevin Williamson got paid for a treatment. He didn't you know he didn't write the screenplay, but they definitely. They followed his mm-hmm. format, and his format was this cold open where you had a Scream-esque uh, cold open of a celebrity getting killed, because mm-hmm. he had Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who was on Third Rock from the Sun at the time. Yeah. So that was... look. He and was, 10 Things I Hate About You. Yes. I think he already came out by then. So he, you know, he, you know uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, <laughs> heartthrob then, heartthrob now... <laughs> Guess who's getting a little face kiss? Ooh. Hi, Gordy. I see you. So, yeah. So, we've got his good um, uh, celebrity cameo, Death. A hockey skate to the face. Yeah. Ooh. I'll take that all day long. Um, I love the the interplay. It was very um, Scream-esque with the jumping from house to house, running from house to house, and the almost getting away, but then getting killed at the last moment as the cops are outside and the cops don't hear. All of that stuff yeah. and was honestly, so Williams-esque. And honestly, that should be the suburban fix. It's great. That's it's that's where it started, and now we're moving on to next 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 set. All right, can I tell you my one? Here's my one nitpick, though. With that scene? With with the cold open. Okay. And this is a nitpick to all movies who do this, not just H2O. Oh, okay. For fuck's sake, if you're going to have a portrait or a picture of someone you love, don't use a fucking movie still. (laughs) 
from the movie Halloween. Don't use a publicity shot or a headshot of the actor either. It's it makes me crazy. It makes me so crazy. And and, and I'll give a shout out to Matt Gorley. Uh, if you're not listening to the podcast, uh, uh, the Gorley and Russ podcast, where they pick apart horror movies as well. Okay, uh, you really have to. Matt Gorley's got a couple of podcasts. Um, one of them is I was there too, and he happened to say. Uh, that he had three nitpicks, one of them being when movies use headshots of actors for their real-life pictures that they're supposed to have in their homes. Okay. It takes you out of the movie, and it's also so stupid and asinine. Um, And I agree with Matt Gorley 100%. They literally use a still from the movie Halloween that she has of Dr. Loomis, and I'm like, this is so insane that someone actually had to put this movie still in a frame and put it next to the files. And I'm sure that they laughed about this the entire day. And Steve Miner, you directed Lake Placid, and I love that movie. And you directed my two favorite Friday the 13th, one and two. Mm-hmm. Sorry, two and three. Yeah, one. I was going to say, yeah, two and three, yes. And I love you for that. And uh, you also directed House and Warlock. Mm-hmm. So kiss, kiss, kisses on your your face. I forgot to mention that in the beginning. I apologize. But no, you know <laughs> what? We're doing it now. No, Steve <laughs> deserves your scorn for not being mentioned in the beginning because <laughs> it was your choice to use a production still for Dr. Lewis's picture. It's a minor beef. I know I'm silly talking about it, but you're making me insane. <laughs> Please fix it. Future filmmakers listening to this podcast, please don't do that. It would take two seconds to go take a picture outside the craft wagon. You know, just use that. Anyway, all right. You know, geez, I I thought I was off my soapbox, but I got right back on super quick. So cold open, adore it. That's my one beef. And then... Oh, is that is that the the heat I feel? Because it seems like we're in sunny California. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, I again like fast forward to because keep in mind too this movie I think is the shortest out of the whole franchise. At oh only boy, is it eighty six minutes? Oh boy, is so it? So it's it, it introduces what it needs to introduce. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. But the pace to me was... was perfectly fine like you you got you got the gist she's obviously you know moved on uh under uh, uh through the witness protection witness protection program the steady protect protection society she had yeah she you know she's a dean in a school now she uh she has a son who is uh you know josh hartnett this is his first movie by the way his uh first movie by the way and he um 
you know, like you could you could you could tell like the frustrations that they have. They do mention like the father once, like yeah, uh, that he was like he's a drunk and blah blah blah. Yeah. But but he's you know his also his teenage angst is is uh, you know wanting to repress and just I want to live, I want to be a kid, and and I feel like I mean that it's a typical seventeen year old. Um, I shouldn't say typical. So I shouldn't say that, but like, a, but a typical like teenage no. angst to I want to be my own person. I want to be, you know. So when you have a single parent who d- dealt with a very traumatic uh, event when she was his age, it, it's I, I, it, I that's got to make it very hard in the household. It, it's it's you know you can tell the frustration, and that's what I really liked about their chemistry and. For his first movie, I thought they pulled it off really, really well. Um, I, 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 I all of it, the actors, it made sense. Teen it, actors, mm-hmm. everything rang true. Yeah, it, you know. So it it made sense that he, despite not being able to go on that school trip, uh, that he would just, fig, you know, like okay, fine, I'm just going to figure it out. I'm going to stay here. And even but she's very good. Yeah, it, I have tremendous issues with his haircut. So, I'm going to get into And I have tremendous issues with Michelle Williams' eyebrows. So, you know what? I'm going to get into that now. Okay. Because <laughs> screw it. Why not? Okay. So, when if... I was about to say, when you ask Josh Hartnett about it, because I know him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't. Oh, so, if you... <laughs> I meant if you go back and, and watch interviews, uh, you know, because Josh Hartnett had, went on to have a very successful career. Still very, acting today, has, sure. Yeah, and he's done, he's done a, a lot of roles um, that, that I really enjoyed. So, uh, so th- again, this was his first movie he got picked up on. He did happen to soon after get picked up um, as well and did the faculty. He's filmed them simultaneously. Oh. So, so uh, your first time actor, only you got picked up by two movies, and they both do well. Yeah. That so that is a great hurdle right then and there. But so if you watch, if you remember both of these movies, he has the same exact haircut. He does. He does. So. Now, he was going on the trope of when he was told, you know, what his role is, at least particularly for this film anyway. Um, I'm sure we'll get into the faculty and it's probably going to be the same exact thing. But he uh, was told, uh, despite the fact that he lived in, uh, in, um, in Northern California, he didn't accept the fact that a teen of his age, especially one who was feeling as angsty as his character was supposed to feel. Mm hmm. Okay, that he shouldn't have looked very cookie cutter because he was absolutely told that you know a certain look and, and a way that they tried uh, styling his hair maybe not exactly the same but they were going off the trope of like Beverly Hills 90210 and how they all looked quaffed and put together and okay. you know granted they were like 25 years old playing sure. 16 17 year olds and he just at the time. He just said, he's like, I just didn't buy it. Like, he's like, he was coming right... He was uh, 19 years old. He's like, I just came out of school. Nobody I know, whether they're California or the East Coast, it doesn't matter what coast, nobody looked like that. Everybody had their own way of, you know, and, and maybe you didn't agree with it at the time, but... As again, an angsty teen, you didn't care. This is me. This, and you're gonna accept me for who I am, cause whatever, fuck conformity. I don't know, whatever. So he did cut his hair himself. Um, so that's where that <laughs> came into play. Shock. He cut, yes. He, so in case you were wondering, did he cut that shit himself? Yes, he did. <laughs> Actually, he confirms that in an interview. Uh, he so he cut it himself. They they did. It was apparently a fight. <laughs> Oh, between, I guarantee it was a fight with the producers. The producers, with the um, 
uh, you know, like they, they kept trying to like style his hair and he said right right before they would hit, you know, like they would uh, start filming, he would just immediately Muss it up. fuck up his hair. <laughs> and they were, like, they were like, we could be here. He's like, I'm not doing it. And he's like, okay, either we could be here all day or, you know, but I, th- I, I feel like it worked for, again, for the character that he was playing and the 90s at the time. Yeah, everyone had like an, an, an interesting Well, that's where look. Michelle Williams gets a pass all day long because no one had eyebrows in the 90s. So... Those types of eyebrows, honestly, you you make fun of them all you want. Go back into the 20s and 30s. Okay. Look at those eyebrows. All right. Look at Elsa Lancaster's eyebrows in Bride of Frankenstein. You got me. Okay. They were a trend at some point or another. Um, uh, Not Elvira. Oh, my God. The other one. Uh, Vampira. Thank you. No eyebrows. Well, the thin, like, up and... They they are a dramatic mm. look, and so uh, just, Judy Garland just Wizard because of Oz. just because I'm a girl, so <laughs> so, so you know I, if you're if you're a girl like me, you um <laughs> you understand eyebrows and how important they are to us. So uh, guys, you I know you don't give a shit, but you're but yeah, but but brows go back and forth between um, trending as far as very thin eyebrows to little bushier eyebrows. So bushier eyebrows were a little popular maybe like two years ago, give or take, because okay. of Game of Thrones. Uh, Daenerys uh, Targaryen, yeah. she had like more bushier eyebrows, so all of a sudden that came into play. Okay. So if, if hopefully that's a little less on <laughs> eyebrows. Sinners, I care very much about eyebrows. <laughs> I, didn't, I did not think I would be talking about eyebrows. At my much. age, I go to sleep and I wake up in the morning <laughs> and it's like an octopus is coming out of my forehead. So, yeah, you know, look, there's, there's grooming for men's eyebrows too. I'm living proof. All right, <laughs> Michelle Williams gets a pass. So thank you. So that so that's my defense. So hopefully I'm getting him to like this movie a little bit more because they are both great actors. They um, it's 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 funny because they're not. There are movies where I'm like, yeah, that that um, performance was a hairdo. Mm-hmm. That performance was garbage because it was just a walking hairdo, or or it was it was just that was a costume filled mm-hmm. by a person. But the but the performance was a costume. These are these actors actually, because of of the caliber that they bring, everything rings true. Yeah, all of the teens in the movie had. uh, Oh boy. uh, Okay, uh, bear with me. Um, You've got uh, uh, Adam Han Bird as Charlie. And Jody Lynn O'Keefe as Sarah, so that's like our right. our, our our foursome right there. Right. Um, yeah, after they the, were they were the other couple. Yeah. After the school clears yeah. out, when everybody leaves for the um, field trip, they're the, the the those two couples stay behind. Um, you know, just have party down in the basement. Also, an alarming amount of candles down oh, there. Yeah. I thought, very I thought nervous. When I rewatched this, I was like, ooh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, mm, fire safety. But anyway. Uh, that's just the parent and me talking. So uh, then you had Adam Arkin as Will Brennan, who is uh, uh, Carrie Tate, wink, wink, Laurie Strode's <laughs> love interest. Again, everybody in this movie is brings their A-game. No more was dialing it in. Through my research, I did find out that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, she was a little upset, though, because... The movie, in her opinion, turned out to be a bit of a money grab. Yes. As opposed to what yes. it originally had started out with. Because yeah. uh, they wanted um, John Carpenter. And the you know the, the, the theory behind it was Carpenter was, you know, said, F off, I'm not interested whatsoever. But that that is not 
the case, Carpenter wanted $10 million. Yes, I was going to say, that wasn't fully true. A lot of people have a prediction that he asked for $10 million, thinking that they would never yeah. honor that. And he was like, yeah, okay. You know, like it, it's So that, I mean, whether that's true or not, I mean, I have a feeling only... I wish they gave him the damn 10 million. Master I, of himself knows, but I would have been curious to I of course I would have adored to see what he would have done with it 20 years later. Yeah. Instead he goes on to make Ghosts of Mars and, you know, yeah. We have well, yeah, we have that. Another episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, actually, fun facts, though, because now that you brought up the friends, uh, so Charlie, uh, Adam H- Hanbird? Hanbird? Uh, uh, let's see. Am I oh, saying that right? Uh, Charlie sorry. is Adam Han... Uh, let's say Hanbird. Hanbird, Han right? Okay. So, did you know that he was actually supposed to... The original script, he... They were going to have him, kind of like what they did for Friday the 13th Part 5, they were going to have him be a copycat killer? Shut your freaking face right now truth what the what charlie yeah yeah charlie was mm-hmm. going to be a copycat killer mm-hmm. shannon mm. i think i might be liking that <laughs> i think i might be liking that but yeah so they I, I forgot exactly what changed their mind uh but yeah he originally was supposed to be a copycat killer Oh, so in the, many, in the original so script. I have been, a feeling it was just an idea like thrown in there and then it was like thrown out. So many people would have been so upset by that. I had a, So upset. I think. I kind of like it. <laughs> of, course you, of course you do. I kind of like it. I would have bitched do. and moaned just with the rest of them. Oh, by the way. All right. I got I to stop you here for one second just because I have to point out that Charlie getting killed in the movie... Charlie's at the sink, he's got his hand down into the garbage disposal, and you're thinking that Michael Myers is going to flick the switch and gobble up his hand, and that doesn't happen, but instead Charlie gets his hand out of the garbage disposal, turns around, Michael Myers is right there, he like literally bumps into him and looks up and goes, hi, and I have related to this death... It would have been me so much. I relate to that death so so well because he's just like you know how, how many oh, corkscrew, how many corkscrews have you yeah. have you dropped down a food but just the fact that when when confronted with something out of the ordinary instead of listening to your fight or flight and tearing us out of there instead <laughs> just staying there like, and going hi and then immediately getting killed but it is also mm. halloween like like this could be my friend in a mask right now like it, it, he probably thought for half a second it was his uh, um josh hartnett's character which i forgot for a I brief just, second which is john i it's love the kill, although uh, my one beef with it is off-screen, off-screen kill. Yeah, off-screen, yeah, I know. Kill. I think he was a little upset about that, too. You think they filmed it? I think they filmed it. I don't... Uh, he doesn't... It seems weird. I don't remember him mentioning it. I don't... I when Because um, I, I watched like a, a whole big documentary with all of them uh, on there doing interviews. Oh, if and they didn't mention it, then they, they I don't didn't remember him it. mentioning it. I'll be honest um, with you. Uh, I forgot uh, why they did it that way, but... mm. Jodie Lynn O'Keefe's kill Mm -hmm. is especially mean and brutal. Yes. They they pretty much dine out on poor Jodie Lynn O'Keefe. Yes. That's, um, it's crazy effective, but it, it goes to the point where I was like, oh shoot, I kind of forgot about her kill, and then... Just like the adding on of, oh, and then your ankle's broken now. Oh, now, and then you're stabbed in the, you know, and I was like, oh, they really went to town on, on her. Yeah. And then 
her reveal of being gutted and having the light bulb shine through her hole in her stomach. I mean, it's really good. It's very, it it's was a very good, really good. It was a really good prop. Shit, am I becoming a fan of this movie as we're talking about? It? <laughs> it, excellent. <sighs> all right, all right, but 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 your kryptonite is going to be this fucking Michael Myers mask that oh, we'll, looks like we'll a goddamn it. Phyllis we'll, we'll Diller get to mask. It. We'll get all right. to it. We'll get to it. It belongs in Mad Monster Party. Shout out to Mad Monster Party, by the way. If you haven't seen it, check it out. I'm gonna, <laughs> nothing more will be said about it. It is a jewel. Watch it. <laughs> so, another <laughs> okay, so, so a couple of things I just want to talk about that I thought was really cool because um, just some things that they did for the fans, right? Okay. Oh, so, boy. Okay. okay. I can't wait to hear this. Okay. okay. So, if in the beginning, uh, right before I guess the uh, the, the you know the, it's still daylight, uh, so the before like you know like everybody leaves for the school trip. Uh, so I don't know if you remember a, a certain cameo that was in the movie was uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's own mother. Oh shit! Yeah, Janet uh, Lee. Uh, um, uh, uh, Marion Crane. Yes. Oh yeah, I okay. really enjoyed that. Okay, so. So Janet Lee makes a cameo in the movie. Now, if you remember the actual scene, her and and uh, you know Laurie Strode have their moment of discussing, you know, whatever they're discussing, and then she wa- starts uh, walking away. And if you remember, it is the car, the 1957 Ford car from Psycho. Definitely remember that the she car. Drove Did not know it was the same Marion Crane. And if you look at the license plate. Come on now. The you're license plate. NFB four one eight. Love it. That was the same license plate. I love it. It's like the um it's and like that in- stood for uh, 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 Nor- Norman Francis Bates. Oh. I think was his full name. So that's okay. so that's where the NFB just comes from. I love that stuff. And oh, <laughs> as she's walking, I'm not done. Okay. When she's walking to the car, the same score from Psycho is playing in that moment. Yeah, I can't do it. But obviously, I have to watch this obviously movie again. it's definitely more backgroundy. I gotta but, watch this movie again. God but it's you. there. Son of a bitch. So, I love that stuff. And if you, you and if you want to bounce back, if you remember Nancy Stephen, Nurse Marion, just saying. You know who was supposed to play her assistant? Who they wanted? For this film or the original? Nope, H2O. PJ Souls. Oh, I'm sure she was asked. PJ Souls, I don't I I don't know why it didn't work out, but they wanted her to play her assistant for a scene. For oh, that okay. for I don't know if it's that particular scene, but I guess she couldn't do it and, and have then her say they totally brought in uh, <laughs> Janet Lee. Oh god, do and have her... Janet Lee. Oh. But um, I thought I really thought that was just a cool little little you know thing because because I'm pretty sure John Carpenter in the original had his own little ways of honoring Psycho because of the fact that he got her daughter, daughter to play yeah. the main role. So the the the, the shadow shape you know because because right doesn't Marion look up and see technically Norman as. Yeah, Norma. Um, she's and, thinking and, that it's and, the mom, yeah, but it's Norma. because he's wearing the wig. But you just see a shadow, so yeah, you're like, oh, do that one soon, you know. So there, there was that, um, and it, so I just thought that was kind of a cool that they linked uh, Psycho into it. I absolutely adore those Easter eggs. Um, mm-hmm. The one that comes to mind quickly is Deep Blue Sea. Thomas Jane takes the license plate out of the shark's mouth, and it's the same license plate that was comes out of the tiger shark in Jaws. Oh, same number. I didn't know that. Yeah. So sinners, I would have uh, found that out eventually. Though. <laughs> please leave in the comments if you know Easter eggs. Let us know. 
because I love that stuff. I love, yeah. Oh, I live just, for e- I live for Easter eggs. Oh, you made me feel silly because I watched there's, the movie. And and there's I actually another. Honest. There's another psycho reference as well. So in, okay, so it's the moment where uh, Charlie and John escape off campus. They okay. convince uh, the and secu- they're in the town. The security guard LL Cool J. Oh, Ronnie. <laughs> Ronnie. Ronnie. They, yeah, Ronnie. Yes, they they convince him to let them, you know, go out, you know, go out on the. Guess town, what's going to happen to Ronnie? Get some alcohol. Nothing. No, he's going to get his face kissed because I. Lo- <laughs> Ladies might love Cool James. Guess who else loves Cool James? This guy right this here. Guy. Oh my God, LL Cool J. Uh, by the way, moved into my town, Manhattan, Long Island. Shout out, whoop whoop. People used to see him at the diner all the time. I sadly did not, but <laughs> LL Cool J, adore you. <laughs> so, but so they're out on the town, and they go. Um, you know, he's complaining about his mom or whatever. Like I can't leave her or something like that so either way john and charlie are having a little bit of a spat and verbatim charlie tells john if you don't run away from her now or whatever you know stick up for her now god damn it 20 years from now you're going to be living with her running a motel in the middle of nowhere son of a bitch zing 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 i have to pay more attention (laughs) maybe maybe i shouldn't do a podcast if i can't pay attention to movies well i'm the one who was supposed to be carrying this movie so that that's fair i'm gonna have to watch this movie over again i'm literally gonna have to do it today so okay okay so a lot of a lot of fun like little references there right uh sorry uh, i gotta go back to my 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 uh, endless beef list they convince Ronnie to open the gate. These two strapping young lads can't <laughs> jump over an eight-foot wall. <laughs> I have a problem. I have a problem with everybody being trapped on campus at the end because the <laughs> gate won't open. I'm like, no one can jump in no, California. Like, no, no one can figure this out. <laughs> but know. anyway, again, I'm being a dick. But we digress. <laughs> All right, so uh, just, I, I guess um, I, I think I felt like I'm a little all over the place, but just freaking no. But this it's is fine. good, you know what? Because it's fine. Sinners, you've seen the movie, so we don't have to belabor it. We're just picking out the stuff that we yeah. love, and we're, we're actually going to be doing this going forward. We're gonna we're just gonna pick out the the little morsels, the tasty little morsels that we want to discuss. <laughs> if you remember now, remember in the beginning where um, after the cold open, then now they get into the introductory scene, and you hear. The, um, Oh my God, uh, Donald Pleasance. Oh, Loomis. Dr. Loomis. Loomis. Oh my God. Sorry, had a brain fart. Too excited. Oh, Donald so Pleasance. you hear Doctor Loomis's voice. So something. A lot of people were like, "How the hell did they get that?" Or was it was it a um, you know like a, or you just figure like, "Oh, yeah, it was a recording." DP was dead by. Yeah, oh, he was very very much so. He definitely passed away. Still m- dead. Many still okay. dead. <laughs> spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> you were just about to say he was still very very dead. <laughs> It was one of those light deaths you hear about. He was still there. He was very much so. So they actually got because they, I think they did try to, to to take it from the old movie, and there was still too much background noise. Like it, like it, it, it didn't fit. Oh boy, you try running a podcast. Uh, you're preaching to the choir. Okay, I got so, you, production. So crew. they got a voiceover actor. Come on, man, this guy sounds mim- exactly like exactly. Him. So his name was Tom Kane. Okay, Tom and he—you get a friggin' applause. Oh, seriously, and he—he—he he, he has his own interview too in the documentary that I found, and he uh, sat with—I don't—I never got his name. I don't think he mentions his name, maybe for privacy reasons, which is fine. But Donald Pleasance's best friend, he sat with this man. Okay. And he said they did like fifty takes. That's commitment. Until Jeez. he until finally his friend goes. That's, that's him. That's Donald. Gosh, and then he, awesome. he finally oh, got stuff. the pitch. So it was is a completely different actor. So they were able to do their own fresh 
cut and that was not his voice at all it was a, a different actor i thought that was really interesting because i Did thought he? i thought they took a snippet from the old movie not only is it interesting because i absolutely thought that that was unused uh audio dialogue from an old movie this is the kind of stuff that that i hope that sinners appreciate because i think this this really fleshes out how how people who who create movies they do it you know, even if even if you're like, oh, this, you know, this guy's a job or he's just taking the job because it's a paycheck. Look at all the craft that goes into it. Look at all the time and effort. I mean, I hope I'm not alone, but I just love these stories because it really does flesh out what goes on behind the scenes to produce, to put something up on screen. You might like it, you might not, but still, the effort that goes into it, I just love this stuff. Because they could have scrapped the idea altogether. Like, they're sure. like, oh, well, you know, it, it sounds like shit. Like, there's too much background noise, Like we, and we can't introduce it with the score. Like, it, it wouldn't, it would have sounded muddy. This almost makes up for them using a production still from Halloween 1 for Loomis's picture in <laughs> In the cold open, you may Almost. have to you may have to forgive that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, all right, I, eventually I'll let it go, but I'm I'm holding on to it for today. Eventually I'll let it go. <laughs> Look, you're you're damn near convincing me that I like this movie. So take the win. You, I was gonna say you, you already mentioned I gotta watch it again. So haha, bitch. All right, okay. I'm changing my answer. Okay. I, I I begrudgingly like Halloween H2O. I cannot believe you convinced me that I, I, I love, like this movie. I love. I love. You still say begrudgingly. I you did, but you you. All right, it happened in real time. Time, gang. So, so then you know what? Before, oh, then I don't know if I want to talk about the masks anymore because I was like, let me get the masks. Part oh, of you're it gonna right. I may okay, be backsliding because I, I feel be I feel like I, I'm I'm talking long enough that I'm like, fine, let's get into the masks because I know everybody. Woo. Okay. Okay. So, starting from the beginning. So starting from the beginning, so Steve Miner, um, you know, like he was very specific on what he wanted as far as the mask goes. So I believe this was the one that was. Um, it, it was nicknamed the Casper Mask. He okay. wanted, uh, because this is how he saw Michael Myers uh, throughout the years, where he was just, not necessarily a ghost, but just, he was emotionless. He wanted, like, everything flushed. Every, you know, so that so that's where the, the really, the whiteness comes into play. Um, and so that's, that's, that was a vision he, he went with. They designed it. He agreed to it. And then they started using it, right? So then it was um, the, uh, 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 whatchamacallit, the, the, the Weinsteins. The, the Weinsteins got involved and they start, you know, because now like, um, you know, like snippets of their, their cuts are getting into production. Uh, sure, they're seeing the, the, the dailies. Producers, I say okay. The dailies, yes. So the, the Weinsteins are looking at the mask and they're going, what the fuck is that? So then, then they start complaining about the masks. So but by the time they got the complaint, uh, Maybe he conveniently didn't listen, didn't didn't hear it the the first times or, or what what happened. But by the time apparently this news got to Steve Miner that they wanted to change the mask, they were three weeks into filming. All right, like they okay. were. He's like, I have seventy five percent of the movie done. Are you kidding me? So, so this is where reshoots happened, right? I believe I forgot exactly why because they did use the mask from part six. But it, apparently, it's only in uh, so it's in the cold open scene uh, where uh, Marion gets attacked, and apparently, it's actually I thought like when I first heard about it, I'm like, oh, they just opened it up with the beginning scene. Apparently, it's only um, like I think they modeled it from because there's another mask that they modeled more closely to that one where it goes back to the roots a little bit where because they were complaining like you know he has eyebrows like give him eyebrows give yeah. him give him some features the instead hair. of the whiteness the hair is what 
what uh, takes me out of it. Well, it could be because I think it's the balance in a way. I think like the the that was the only mistake I'll have was the the way the, the how white and just like clean slate this mask was. Then the the hair just kind of it's like Phyllis Diller fright wig in a way. Hair. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Because it comes yeah. like out and up and again sinners I, I know it's just a mask but it's an iconic mask <laughs> yeah it comes out and up it's almost red whereas like the original mask the hair goes back it's like slick back you yeah. know because it's a William Shatner mask um but it just look I get Steve Miner uh, the the Color correction, I don't have a problem with because it, it it's very easy to spot him in the foreground, in the background. I'm sorry, because uh, it pops because it's very white and stark. So mm-hmm. you 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 get those because there's a lot of of Michael walking past doorways and looking in windows, and it's very easy to spot him because the mask is so damn bright. But it was just the stupid the hair choice. It just makes me nuts. See, I I again, I think if they. Uh, I don't know, maybe dirtied the mask a little bit. Yeah. Scrunched up. If they gave it a little bit of texture like it's been worn... It would have... Yeah, because this think, looks I fresh from the Silver Shamrock factory. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't think you would have noticed the hair as much. Probably personally. not. Personally. I think, Probably I think it was literally the stark white and then the stark brown. Like, yeah. it was just the brown and white. Look, it, it, I, they needed to, like, kind of, like, muss it up a little bit, throw it in, the, like, the dryer or something, like, just to just to give it a little, little texture. I don't have a lot of good things to say about the, the um, 2018 Halloween and Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. I don't have a tremendous amount I of don't... positivity about it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good ideas that aren't, that don't, land yeah. aren't fleshed out. Yeah, my opinion is very different than But they got episode. the costume design right for that. I will say that. I didn't mind yes, I I, I didn't mind his look. And uh, but that is probably the only thing I Yeah, liked. me too. <laughs> me too. We'll another, get another episode. No, we're going to but... do an episode on that because because the, the reason those movies are so frustrating is because I love the some of the thoughts behind it and then they just they go right off a cliff. Murder. But again, it. that's a separate podcast. <laughs> that's a, that, that's definitely gonna be a whole separate episode. Can but. I tell can I tell you, um, besides the cold open and now evidently the entire movie, because I think I love it, it's my favorite movie now. But one <laughs> scene one scene that that was very well done, um the kills are very well done, but one scene that's really, really gave me tons of anxiety. Uh, Michelle Williams and Josh Hartnett are they're being chased by Michael and they um, they are heading into the school or the dorms and they lock the gate behind them and drop the keys and then Michael is trying to stab them and he's can almost get them and they're backed against the door and the door has that little porthole in it yeah and then that becomes the still that everybody sees from the movie where Laurie's on one side and Michael's on the other side and it's a really good effective that, that was a shot really I, I squealed but that, I think at that, that scene. scene was almost Hitchcockian because Michael's trying to stab them but then has the the wherewithal to realize they're the keys and then so picks up the keys and then starts trying to open the gate to get to them and they're banging on the door let me in let me in let me in and it was really I mean it, you're, you have this ticking clock and I thought it worked really really well D- on the flip side of that what didn't work well for me was the Ronnie Gatehouse scene where um, the, the truck comes to the gate Ronnie goes out there 
Michael Myers walks behind him, mm -hmm. and it's like your suspension of disbelief that Ronnie couldn't hear someone in heavy workman boots on gravel. <laughs> it just makes me crazy. And he's a security guard. Yeah, and Sinners, just so <laughs> that you know, I was rubbing my eyes when you're frustrated and <laughs> like moving your hands down your face, and it's just like they just there's a way to do that where it wasn't so comically inept that. And then they have this like cat and mouse in the guardhouse where he's at the window and now he's at the door and now he's at the window and now he's at the door. <laughs> and originally in Williams' treatment, um, Ronnie was a woman and she got killed in that scene. Um, but you, know, you don't kill LL Cool J. Again, call never. back to Deep Blue Sea. You're supposed to die in that too. You never do. <laughs> LL Cool J, all across the globe, everyone just wants to kiss his face. <laughs> he's a sweetheart man and he can't die in movies. <laughs> Cannot die in movies. He's immortal. So um, that scene didn't work all that well for me, just because it like it went on like five beats too too long. But as a whole, I again, again I cannot believe that you are making me say this. <laughs> but the kills, although not a lot of them, call back to the original. Not mm -hmm. a lot of kills in the original. Yeah, not not, not at all. Five. Um, you know the kills are really good in this movie, and it's got a really good cold open. The end. I know a lot of people have a problem. I guess we'll talk about the end now. A lot of people have a problem with the end, but they only have a problem with the end when Resurrection comes out, and it's revealed that it was the ambulance. Because driver. originally, it, I, I remember standing up and clapping along with everybody else. This was the end of it. It was it. That was huge. But then to know that Mustafa Akkad had this plan. And it was already greenlit that we were going to go right into Resurrection two years later. So think about it. This comes out in 18 and Resurrection, sorry, um, uh, 98. And uh, Resurrection comes out in 2000, right? Yeah. Uh, around there, yes. So come on. They already have to be in post in, in pre-production while they're in post-production for H2O. They probably were. And all right, Mustafa Akkad, I understand that you're, you know, you this is your franchise and you know, you can do what you want with it, but you tricky, tricky man, you know, setting everybody up to think that this was the end of the franchise, which honestly, saying that out loud, we're, we're the silly ones, you know? To, I mean, it depends on what kind of a fan you are. If, if you're a fan um, the way I am, it's to me that this, this was it. I think that was, I mean, not that I'd, I'm not going to not recognize the rest of the movies, but to me, this is where it ends. I think it, for me, now that I've accepted H2O into my life, um, now for me it goes one, two, H2O. I have no problem with that. You know, three is my favorite, but three, three is not. But three, you know, but three was was so. supposed to start the. Um, I adore two. Analogy, not I, analogy. How do you feel about two? I love to. Yeah, I really have to do a separate on two. That's, that's amazing. And then you get like, okay, we're, we're listening to some of the feedback. We're doing double the kills. The you know they're creative. Kind of, there are some really There's some mean brutal ones. In that. Yeah, I mean, oh boy, very brutal ones. Oh gosh, mm, all right. Can can we do two in October? I know you have a, you, I know you have surprises for us, which I am so I'm delighted by. Can we do two in October? Is that or shoot? Is it too close to H two O? No, I don't see why not. I'd really but you like might as well start two. off October with, with yeah. those movies. That's oh, fine. Oh boy, and now I'm gonna I'm I'm, I'm gonna throw. Do you want to make that a two parter? Why don't we? Yeah. Why don't we just have a? We'll we'll do Halloween at Halloween, and we'll start with two, and we'll talk about two, and then we can talk about um, uh, the um, David Gordon Green Halloweens 
how do you feel about the Rob Zombies? I so I actually really liked the first one, uh, not the second one. I really love Rob Zombie's music, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I feel like we would be friends. I see Rob Zombie, and I'm like, we could be friends. Probably not. He'd be like, you're a narc. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But I just, I really love Rob Zombie, but I, the movies don't click for me. I think the closest I come is Lords of Salem. I think I had to do a rewatch on that. Okay. I personally love um, The Devil's Rejects. Okay. I love and I can one. see that. I yeah. mean, he's got a grindhouse aesthetic that that I brush up against. You know what, Rob Zombie? In this relationship, I think it's me. <laughs> I think it is me. But we, we, we can we can get into those as well. But so let's do Halloween on Hollow in, in Halloween on Halloween. In Halloween season. Okay. Cool. And if sinners, if you don't want us to do that, you can let us know in the comments. But we're probably gonna do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Probably gonna do it. Just, anyway. just, just gonna spoil that for you. Yeah, I'm already picturing it. It's gonna be. It'll be a Sunday. We're gonna do apple cider donuts. We're gonna do uh, pumpkin beer. Mm. Um, we're gonna do all of it. Yeah, we're gonna we, we, we're gonna have a Halloween palooza. I might just wear my witch hat. Do it. <laughs> I'm gonna wear my skeleton onesie. Yeah, we're gonna make this a thing. We're making. This we're a we're thing. gonna make it a thing. <laughs> Oh, God. Why can't the cold weather come? It's <laughs> hopefully soon. <laughs> All right. But um, so actually, so uh, before um, we wrap it up, the I did want to mention like one last thing about the end scene because I thought this was I thought this was actually kind of interesting too. So uh, prior to uh, head cutting, by the way, so the scene where um, you know, uh, Laurie Strode just you know knows <laughs> or has a feeling, and she decides to kidnap. <laughs> Michael Myers and uh, drive off with him. Uh, she, you know, she cuts the brake in the van and he goes flying through the windshield. Uh, first of all, they did that in one take. That was a actual stunt Let, that they did. Um, this sounds good. Yeah, it was very good. I so mean, they, they were able good. to do that in one take. And then, so if you remember after that, then she drives into him. They, they you know, plummet, plummet down a hill and then he gets smushed between uh, the fence which looks like a little rickety wooden fence, which I really think would have, you know, perished and crashed. Yeah. <laughs> Especially at that velocity. But yeah, again, I digress. But the way they did that scene was they actually did, uh, you know, obviously carefully place the van um, against the actor. Okay. Um, you know, maybe not full pin, you know. And then they, uh, um, I think they levied it because again, it, it is up a hill. Yeah. And they levied it in uh, up the hill. Okay. Okay. So, and then he just kind of reacted, you know, a specific way. Oh, that's I mean, the because you remember like, he gets hit. He, his, his body does yeah does jolt. So and and then they just did it in reverse. So that's a reverse that. shot. So he's actually so I mean obviously he's not actually physically getting hit by the van, but they kept it practical. That's there's nothing. Um, that is so smart to do it that way, mm -hmm. and it's seamless. Yeah, because I'm thinking about it in my mind right now. It you think works. Of like how I they can't did, see because the, sometimes because I remember thinking like, did they use a dummy that just happened to you it's know not whatever janky like puppetry? Not at all. So oh, that's so if you think magic. about it, movie magic, right? So just so, yeah, in case you were wondering, you know, because I'm sure you were all thinking about it, how how that one particular scene was filmed. That's uh yeah, it's, it's a reverse shot. Oh my yeah, and look, a special uh, you know deep down in my heart, shout out to. Adam Orkin, who in my mind I'm always calling Alan Orkin, so I apologize, Adam. Uh, his death, that he gets stabbed and then 
seemingly also gets electrocuted <laughs> as he's getting stabbed. I mean, it was a choice, and he he makes it, and I just love that scene so much because he does. He gets stabbed, he gets stabbed, and he created a new thing. And now all I do is look you for people up, getting stabbed, in movies. Up, make up new words, and I love it. Stab, wait, stabbed, he got stabbed, stabbed, he gets stabbed and electrocuted at the same time. We're putting that on a fucking t shirt. Stabbed-acuted. <laughs> I mean, it's the only way to explain how... It, I mean, the only thing not happening is lightning shooting out of his fingertips <laughs> when he gets stabbed. But Adam Morkin, I love you. I mean, he was a great boyfriend for as long as he lasted. He was very caring and thoughtful. He's a horrible shot. And he might also be a little racist. We're not sure. He's <laughs> the only black guy on campus, and he couldn't wait to unload every bullet. In his direction. <laughs> just kidding, everyone. Just kidding. Don't don't destroy me in the comments. Just, just a jape. Just yeah. a jape. So, uh, but yeah. Oh, Ronnie but, lives, by the way. So I know we mentioned that, but Ronnie yes, does. Live. Yes, he does live. Yes. So he. Uh, so yeah. So that's pretty much. I mean, I'm sure there's a, a lot more I can say, but so I'll try to conclude that again. Maybe it was a, a different experience at the time, especially the way they marketed it. Like you know, the the 20 year anniversary, and. It was, I don't know, it was just, I was so excited going into it, and again, it, it, the fact that it was, it's an, it's a short and sweet film, again, 86 minutes, um, again, I still think the shortest out of the whole franchise. I think so, But too. I, I got all the nostalgia, I got the, um, what they were trying to do, it, it was... When when they when they finally go and when they finally go head to head and especially the part where, uh you know Laurie Strode you know decides to you know they they get out of there they get out and she goes no you keep going go to the go go to um you know keep going and, and run and call the police and she locks herself in with Michael she's like and she's she's facing her trauma that's the hero she's moment. facing and she uh, she starts calling she starts screaming his name I remember getting. Chills. Then we get that sweet music cue, oh. and all of a sudden the music kicks in, and then yeah, she gets the axe, and you're like, it's on. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I so I remember f- just feeling that, and then and then him going back at her too. When now they're in the, um, I think it's the cafeteria, maybe. So it's the scene where she's cl- uh, she's under all the tables, and he's like on, you know, that one scene where he's on top, you know, trying to swipe at her, and, and she, now she keeps crawling under the tables, and he just gets that moment where he finally gets pissed and he just takes both tables yeah. at a time and he's just flipping them yeah. all over that i thought oh i loved that scene too it was just like the reveal the of whole, the pan up and then he's standing on top of the table this crazy effective as well yeah it, the whole the yeah. whole just i just remember being like like giggity giggity the, the whole time so i you know and it's it's why it's why i love this movie i still feel that when I, even when I go back and rewatch it, I remember why I loved it so much. You look at Steve Miner's successful body of work, and it—I it, mean, he does—he knows how to manipulate the audience, and I mean that in the, in the the best way possible. He knows how to elicit a reaction. Um, yeah, you know, look—you've got you've got uh, Friday two, Friday three, you've got House, uh, you've got Lake Placid. You know, these are these are good horror movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're effectively scary. So he definitely knows what he's doing. Couple of the, you know, my beef is with a couple of the of the design choices. 
And I don't know if that was really all him. I think it Maybe was not. obviously the mask debacle was again, was it was that my favorite choice of his design? Not necessarily, but Look, this dude but, this dude created, created Baghead Jason, so he gets a win mm-hmm. there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So all right. so it's it, it again it, it I don't know. I think I just learned to forgive it. And the again, the other um oh and I totally forgot to mention too, uh the scene with Charlie, so everyone makes fun of that scene because that is a digital mask and it does look like a floating head and they or like basically their or at least their only defense against that is they just needed that reshot for whatever reason and the sets were taken down like they, they, they had they had no there there was no chance to do a reshoot there was no way getting to that they they had nothing literally they like crumbled it to the ground and the money's gone um, and, the, and it's point, gone your money's gone yeah you know so, yeah. so. look th- these are creative people doing you know uh, whole, trying to get lightning in a bottle and do creative things on the fly yeah. like i don't think all of that was really his fault no i can forgive that so I, that, I, that's I can what definitely i mean forgive that yeah so i i i get the again i get the mask debacle um i i just learned to forgive it because i feel like the rest of the story outweighs that. I can't believe you won our first movie fight. I'm so, I'm so <laughs> upset. I'm so upset. <laughs> I was so ready to destroy this movie. I mean, my argument was weak. It was a, a, a hairdo and eyebrows. So I didn't I didn't come with, you know, I brought a knife to a gunfight. But you know, you know what? You definitely convinced me that, that this movie de- deserves a lot more respect than I than It has I a place. It. It, in does. The, it has its place in the world. It really, really does. Yeah. So, Sinners, we're going to wrap up here. Um, we are uh we're not going to announce next week's movie okay no we're going to leave this a question mark because i am going to suggest something to shannon and guess what you dirty snoops you're not privy to it (laughs) but what i will say is that right now we're at the um beginning of september uh i'm going to post this episode this coming up tuesday and i'll tell you why i'm going to do that because um something really cool is happening uh, next week. So on September 10th and 13th, which is uh, a Sunday and a Wednesday, Fathom Events is uh, they do these things with AMC, where uh, and 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 Regal. You know, check check your local theater because on su- Sunday, September 10th and the 13th, John Carpenter's Christine is being I released on the big screen. Saw that this morning. He's also doing. They're also doing. They live, and I believe the dates for they live is this very day, which by the time this post will be too late. So that's on me. But coming up this Wednesday. Oh wait, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Uh, what's today's date? Today. Today is the second. Today's the second. Nope, third. The third. Um, <laughs> the third. What, what does the calendar th- look like? Check your theaters for they live through Fathom Events. F A T H O M events and Christine is coming up uh, in two weeks. If you get a chance, go out and see these on the big screen. I saw Christine um, back in the day on the big screen, and I just look if you get a chance to see any of your favorites. If they're in the local uh, art house movie theater, or they you're lucky enough that they're releasing it wide, uh, like Fathom Events does, go and check them out. Um, it's worth your time. I'm going to try and check out They Live. Uh, I'm going to find out when that's playing, uh, but I know that the dates for Christine are the 10th and the 13th. September 3rd and 6th. Sweet. So, all right, you, you, you've 
missed today, <laughs> but in our time machine, you will have the sixth. So you can go see They Live on the sixth. I didn't see that one on the big screen. I just saw that one on video, so I think I'm going to check that one out. Yeah, no, I never saw that one on the big screen either. But Christine on the big screen, let me tell you something. You're in for a treat, especially uh, the deaths of the bullies. Um, the, the cinematography in this movie is just absolutely gorgeous. It's just, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, praise it enough that go see it on the big screen and enjoy yourself. And that's it, gang. Uh, you know, we will be back next week, of course, with a surprise. <laughs> and um, until then, that's a cut. Yay! <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.